0: SIRENS CHAPTER FIVE The ranger station grew colder. Marianne cautiously left off bracing the desk to find the thermostat. After a worried moment, she heard the furnace kick on. Only the faintest light came in through the cracks around the desk and door. Paper shifted under her fingers. Corkboard. Pushpins. Light switch. Do you think that's a good idea? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I thought you would. Why? He shrugged. You threw that rock? I throw water on fighting dogs. That doesn't mean I know anything, really. It's just all I could think of at the time. The ranger station was tiny, made even smaller by pamphlets, posters, and notices crowding the walls. Pens and papers were scattered on the floor, and a black phone... She dove for the receiver. No dial tone, even after frantically tapping the buttons on the cradle and fiddling with the jacks. Matt held up a cell phone. Anything? No signal. Do you see a radio? There was a thump that shook the building, and Matt shuddered. It sounded like something was dragging over the walls. She returned to sit against the desk. What the fuck is it? Gas pocket. I don't know. There was another crash. The sound of wind blasting against the walls made her hunch her shoulders. Darts of icy air whistled through the smallest spaces, breaking up the warmth. Matt covered his ears. The lights flickered and went out. The furnace rattled to a stop. Fuck. The door creaked. The faint light beneath it started to fade. The phone made a discordant clang when Matt tripped over it on his way across the room. What is it? Ice. He slammed his hand against it. There was no hollow sound like there should be. Marianne turned and put her shoulder against the desk, trying to push it out of the way. Matt joined her. The desk didn't move. When she tried to peer between it to see the window, all she could see was ice filling the spaces between the wall and desk. What time is it? Little past two. What time was sunset? She crossed her arms. Cold was creeping under her clothes. The sweat didn't help. I thought I saw a closet. She tripped over a power cord, wincing at the sound of a shattering lamp, but found a door to a toilet. Shit. Here. She followed his voice and indistinct noises to the closet. Blind pawing produced a winter coat and a blanket. Christ, how is this happening? Matt's voice was tight, forced out through chattering teeth. Freak weather. She gave him the winter coat and pulled on her completely inadequate jacket. Come on, we have to conserve heat. He pressed his front against her back and wrapped arms and jacket and blanket around them both. They huddled on the floor. Bone deep. God, she remembered it from the minus thirty days, when the cold grabbed her stomach and made it impossible to breathe, freezing her eyeballs. Dry, then, so dry that the snow tasted like dust and always a blindingly bright sun. It was cruel how beautiful the coldest days were. Jesus, fuck, fuck, how is it so cold? Matt rubbed her arms. Thanks. For what it's worth. Worth a lot. Can I ask a question? Uh Uh-huh. This what happened up there? Up in Prince? No. No cold. "'Explosions, I heard. Lots. You got caught up in it, didn't you? That's why you moved down. "'Everyone sort of got caught up in it. Don't know anyone who didn't lose something. "'Crazy stuff on the news. A whole strip mall blew up, didn't it?' "'Yeah, I guess. I guess there was crazy stuff.' "'She covered her mouth with her hands, blowing on them. It was the cold.' Or in her head. Her hands were fine. Her fingers worked fine. Yeah, she said. The dark listened and safety swallowed her words. I got hurt. Pretty bad. Hospital and everything. Lots of people did. The hospital up there was full up. After I got out, I didn't want to have to look at all the damage, so I came down here to clear my head. Start over and stuff. Sorry, I shouldn't have asked. It's okay. You know, it was long enough ago, it doesn't even seem real. Hey, has it stopped screaming? Yeah, winds died down too. Did you notice? Frigid silence settled around them. The building groaned to itself. Something metallic clinked. Pipes, maybe. Something freezing. Something shifting. God, it's cold. How long had it been? How long until sunset? Everything felt like forever when you were cold. She closed her eyes, sinking back into the tiny cocoon of warmth they'd created. She didn't know how long it was when she felt Matt jerk, like when you missed a step in a dream and pulled her out of her doze. Stay with me, Marianne. Mare, she mumbled. Hip-hypnotic? Hypnic. Hypnic jerk. That's what it was called, when you twitched in your sleep. She congratulated her brain for supplying the word. What? Only old people call me Marianne. Old people and Ash. She smiled. Ash would call her an imp if she hinted she was old and smack her butt. It was always light. More like a caress. Sometimes a little grope if Marianne timed her wiggle right. Ash, your boyfriend? No, no boyfriend. Mare. Okay, Mare. In case we do- She lifted her head her hair crunched. The sweaty, damp strands had frozen. Hear that? Engine. She meant to leap to her feet, stumbled instead, and swore. If that didn't heat up the air, nothing will. Sorry. Flakes of frost coated the door. Her fingers melted it just a little before the heat was sucked away from her hand. She leaned close, closing her eyes. The deep thrum of an engine cut off. Ash didn't have another car, but that wouldn't stop her from finding a way. Matt hammered on the door. Hey! Hey, who's out there? Hello? My name is Alice Thompson. I'm the park ranger. Who's in there? What happened here? The voice was badly muffled. How thick could ice be? Was it different when it was magic ice? I don't know. Something chased us in here. We're freezing. Let us out. I have to call for help. I have a radio in my truck. Just hold on. What do you mean, call for help? Let us out. The whole place is covered in ice. Wait, Marianne hit the door. Wait, be careful. There's something out there. It's really dangerous. There's just the two of you in there? Yeah, just two of us. Okay, miss. Just hold on, okay? She stepped back. Matt wrapped them in the coat and blanket again. Marianne stared at the door, teeth rattling. She couldn't hear it, but she imagined Alice Thompson opening a truck door, calling emergency services on a sturdy radio with a coiled wire. Men would come with axes and cut through whatever ice was out there, and then the door. It would be warm. Outside it was warm. She'd be able to feel her fingers and toes again. A shout came from outside. She jumped. Matt's arms tightened, and he stepped back, pulling her with him. Trees crashed. Alice Thompson screamed, low and raw. Their eyes rose as the sound flew upward, trailing out of range. The silence pulled at her nerves. She didn't trust it at all. Matt pulled her back against the wall by the closet. Marianne covered her head as the ceiling collapsed inward. She braced herself, expecting a blow. A bit of roof. Something. The noise and the crashing slowed and stopped. Warm air flooded over her full of wood and dust and probably fiberglass too, from insulation dangling down. But at least she felt living air again. Gouts of steam filtered the light. She squinted, tearing up. Fuck that. Fuck that. What the fuck? Matt stepped forward, blocking her view. What is it? Don't. Blocks of ice, marred by broken bits of... She closed her eyes. We have to get out. She forced her eyes past the shattered bits of Alice Thompson to the ruins of the ceiling. If you boost me up, I think I can grab hold of that beam there and find something to pull you up with. What about that thing? I should do it. I don't think I can lift you. We have to go fast, she looked up, before it comes back. Despite the warm air fighting its way in, it took some work for her arms and legs to loosen up. Matt cupped his hands. On three. He heaved her up, The wood was slick with a fine sheet of watery ice. She scrabbled at it frantically until she could hook her arm over the edge. Waves of cold and the warm air outside mingled in steamy, wet waves. She swiped at her eyes and swung her leg up to catch the edge. Got it? She grunted and rolled onto her back. For a moment she lay there, panting, wishing she could feel the sun. The sky was turning deep blue above the treetops. That's a good thing, dipshit. You okay up there? Yeah. Yes. Her voice was stronger the second time. She started to sit up and froze, feeling the roof bow beneath her. The roof is messed up. I'll check for a rope or something. Stay back against the wall. She slid carefully toward the side of the building, wincing with every creak it made. How high was the side? Ten feet, maybe? She could lower herself down a bit. The creature rose up. So close, she saw how its face was formed, lips pulled back in a black and yellow grimace, eyes closed and sunken. The surface of it, almost like skin, blistered into uneven features before melting away again. Her mind dredged up an image, grainy black and white, of a bog man in a book she'd read in elementary school. It had horrified and fascinated her then. Seeing it alive in front of her brought all of the horror back. The ragged teeth parted, its head tilted back. The open mouth brought a blast of cold with it. It reached out. She scrambled back, felt the fractured roof give way, and shouted, tumbling back down. Matt half caught her, and she landed hard on top of him, hearing his grunt. You okay? He groaned. She rolled off, shielding her eyes, looking up. The thing's fingers curled around the torn edge of the roof. Its face appeared, turning blindly toward them. It looked blind anyway. She could tell that it knew that they were there. Christ! Matt grabbed her hand and pulled her back up against the wall. The thing's face followed their progress. Its teeth parted. Crackling spread from the center of the floor, where the shattered ice began to spread out and up stalagmites growing up to meet the drips of ice forming on the ceiling. A sheet of ice began to spread like a dome over the ruined building. The closet. Matt grabbed the blanket and coat. They dove into the closet and slammed the door. The crackling continued. She stared into the pitch black, willing her eyes to see. There was a grating, metallic sound. She touched the frigid wall. It's the nails, Matt said. His hand touched her shoulder and she moved back so he could wrap them up again. It's not going to help much if that wall gives, he said. I should have moved faster. Hey, it was a good plan. It worked. It was just, you know, whatever that thing is, what were you supposed to do? Fight. It was a good plan, he repeated. Maybe the wall will give way in here and we can get out. Or there's something we can use to make a hole in the wall. They searched. Finding a flashlight and some emergency gear, but nothing that would be useful against a wall. The beam illuminated shelves of paper towel and toilet paper and cleaning supplies. Was there a shed outside? She bet there was, where they kept all the useful shit. I guess we can roll ourselves up in paper, he said. She trailed the beam over the low ceiling. It stopped. They stood in silence. It should have been preferable to crawling and creaking and the crackle of spreading ice. "'Maybe it'll give us some time to think,' Matt said. "'Someone's got to be wondering about the ranger, or someone will come by.' The ranger and the hiker, they were both thinking of the next blithely innocent person to happen along. "'We still have a chance,' he said. "'Ever make a pillow for it?' They made a nest out of the paper rolls and crawled inside." cold, but not impossibly cold just yet, the building creaked to itself. I'm sorry, Mayor. You told me not to. It was just... just? Her voice. It was... you can tell me. It's okay. It was everything. It was... She held her breath, hoping he'd go on. Any information could help. It wasn't just sound. That sounds crazy. You could see it. you feel it, like he touched her cheek. It seemed absent-minded. Like a physical thing. It was just an illustration. Anyway, I'm sorry. If I hadn't dragged you along, we wouldn't be in the middle of whatever the fuck all this is. You didn't really, though. Coming here was my idea. I could have left you out of it. It was only kind of a lie. Not a lot of girls would just tackle a guy. It's cool. I mean, you are. Cold. actually. He hugged her closer. She wondered if there was air circulation. What would get them first, cold air or suffocation? Ash. As soon as she thought her name, she knew that Ash was there. She knew it. She was close. In the dark, she smiled. Ash was there. There was a low, rolling growl. She looked up at the blackness of the ceiling. I heard a growl. It might be back. Ash was always light on her feet. No, I heard it too. This is... It sounds like something else. She felt Matt tensing and twisted around, covering his ears for him. Cold flakes sifted through the beam of light. There was a muffled crash against the wall at their back. Sounds that might have been speech. Matt grabbed the flimsy aluminum broom and stood up. With every fuzzy sound, he turned to face whatever made it. Broom at the ready. That was... Kinda awesome. Something landed hard on the roof. There was a series of heavy thumps, sending a new shower of frost and dust down over them, and another scream of rage from Ash. Matt cocked his head. It's going away. She heard the crack of trees and remembered how Ash could tear through them. It's gone. It has to be gone, right? Yeah, I bet it is. Rapping on the ceiling made him jump. She got up and took the broom, tapping back she listened to the response. Get back against the wall. She pushed him back when he hesitated, covering their heads with the coat. What was that? Morse code. You know Morse code? Yeah. I have so many questions. It sounded as though ash was tearing the building apart, shattering ice and the solid thunk of an axe rattled through her. At some point, the thunking stopped, replaced by tearing and cracking. A hole appeared, and white fingers curled over the wood. Marianne closed her eyes briefly, lightheaded with relief. Ash pulled the wood away, ripping the hole wider. Warm air poured over her, followed by the distant crash of building materials landing. Ash's face appeared, glowing against the twilight sky. Come, my girl. She pushed off the coat. The glow could be put down to the flashlight in the night. There being a building apart would be harder to explain. Ash lifted her out and lowered her easily to the mound of rubble. Before she let go, she squeezed her hand. Marianne felt immediately better, then slid down to the ground. She looked back at Ash's pale form leaning gracefully over the ruins. Shall I leave you behind, then? She offered her hand again to Matt, helping him out easily. He clambered over the ice and wood. Ash jumped down, landing lightly beside her. Who are you? Where's that thing? This is Ash, my boss. This is Matt, my running buddy. What happened to the black thing? It fled. It just... He looked at the building. It was draped in ice, half-melted and refrozen, like a winter-locked waterfall steaming quietly. Chunks of ice two feet thick and more were scattered over the ground where Ash had ripped them free. Pale splinters of broken trees traced a violent line deep into the forest. Her blouse was smeared with black goo. Go home. I'll see if I can track it. I can help, Marianne protested. Ash caught her shoulder. Take him back to the city. Her voice seemed cold. At the same time, her thumb brushed against Marianne's skin, as reassuring as she could be with eyes watching. Get warm. Check for injuries. If either of you are hurt, go to the hospital. Marianne nodded, looking over her shoulder at the ruined building, watching Ash watch them until they disappeared. The heat in the car roared on full. She let it fill the space until feeling painfully returned to her fingers. She was jealous of Matt, who took off his shoes and stuck his feet against the vent. He didn't talk. Marianne didn't feel much like it either. It was better not to volunteer things and wait until a story began to form. It had worked before. Her mom had put together the story of that night. Marianne must have gone to a movie. One of the gas pockets had exploded near her, near enough to hurt her. Flying debris or a fall caused the concussion. Whatever the impact was, it was hard enough for her to lose the pregnancy. Memory loss was common. They'd been worried, because of her hands and the blood, that someone had attacked her, but tests hadn't shown anything. So, it was just a gas pocket. They made their own explanation. The city grew up around them. She slowed down, easing into heavier traffic. Where do you live? Just drop me at the park where you picked me up. I can... Okay. Yeah. Okay. He pulled on his shoes. If you're hurt... I'm fine. I'll see you. She watched him disappear into the park. She had only a general idea of where he lived. Ash might want to whammy him. They'd practiced tracking together over the winter. Ash would set a goal for her to reach, to watch for cameras, to trail some random person. She liked the challenge, even if it was objectively a little creepy. Now she pulled on her hoodie and jeans and cut across the grass, tracking him to his townhouse. She saw the light come on. Through the window, she watched Bobo greeting Matt joyously, almost as joyously as Matt greeted the dog. She shoved her hands in her pockets. Bobo's tail wagged madly as he followed Matt out of view. Maybe a whammy would be better. Remembering wasn't so great. She went home to wait for Ash. As my brain pinballs from one interest to another, writing and recording these chapters ground me, and I'm so grateful that there's an audience for it. Between recording Sirens, I've been producing chapters of my high fantasy novels. A warrior falls in love with a slave, frees her, and starts a revolution. If you'd like to hear it, and listen to Sirens two weeks early, check out my Patreon. I'm also occasionally active on Instagram and Twitter, and my poor, neglected homepage. Recently I've been making the odd TikTok or two as well. If reading is also your thing, my books are available on Amazon for Kindle. Come back in two weeks for more vampire shenanigans. In the meantime, be kind to each other, and yourselves. It's rough out there.